All right. It is good to be back with you on today's episode of Floods of Justice. I got two incredible guests, Crystal Freeman and Ann McGraw. They are co-leaders of an organization in Franklin, Tennessee, Williamson County, called Williamson Strong. Their focus is on our school systems of keeping us up to date with what's going on uh, at the board meetings and things that parents should know. And, you know, one of the things going on across our country is is these um, uh, people trying to get on school boards, a move to put extremely conservative people on school boards with an agenda that goes beyond just educating our children. And so I appreciate them uh, stepping out and uh, leading this organization. Uh, Although this is about our own local schools, I think it's applicable to people who may be listening to this across the country and uh, just to pay attention to what's going on on your own school boards. We're going to talk about teacher shortages, teacher pay, uh, banned books, CRT, um, and uh, in our own county, there's been a move where now school board elections will be partisan, where people have to declare if they're Republican, Democrat, or Independent. An extremely bad, bad idea. So welcome Crystal Freeman and Ann McGraw to Floods of, Ju- of Justice. Enjoy the show. have your Bibles, open them to Amos chapter 5, and I want to read verse 24, where the prophet Amos says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, justice, justice. The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Led by Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs, affectionately known as Pastor Kevin or Rev Kev, he is the senior pastor of Franklin Community Church and founder of Franklin Community Development in Franklin, Tennessee. He is also a published author, teacher, professor, activist, abolitionist, husband, father, grandfather, scuba diver, and coffee connoisseur, which is why this podcast is brought to you from the Coffee House at Second and Bridge in downtown Franklin. Let's begin the conversation. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, so glad that uh, you're here. I think we've got a, uh, an important discussion today. This is really local. It's about Williamson County in Franklin, Tennessee, but... Um, but it's about school boards and, uh, and there's a lot going on across uh, the country. So e- even if you don't live in Franklin, Williamson County, I think you'll learn something from uh, today's discussion that maybe will hopefully help you whatever county that you're in, wherever you are, uh, because it seems to be, there seems to be a move to really um, uh, do some things at the school board level uh, that are not necessarily for the best interest of our children. Uh, and so, I have uh, two guests with me today. They're both the co-leaders of Williamson Strong, uh, Crystal Freeman and uh, Ann McGraw. Is, right? Is that get that right? It's not Annie, right? That's like that. That's even, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Ann McGraw and Crystal. Crystal um, got involved just watching the school board, what was going on in our local school board back in 2014. And uh, she serves as secretary of, of Williamson Strong and uh, is a photographer uh, as well, and she has two kids in uh, in the county school system, a 10th grader and an 8th eight, grader. And uh, Ann is kind of, she says co-leading, but I think she's kind of the lead lead uh, of this group and uh, been involved for a while, kind of taking the leadership role maybe uh, late summer. And, uh, and Ann, do you, have, do you have kids in the in the school system? I do. I have two daughters, um, a 9th grader and a 6th grader. All right. And I, before we went live, I was telling them my, both of my kids graduated from Centennial. Um, they're, they're all older and married now, but, uh, 
but where, where I live, our kids went through the city school, Franklin, Franklin Special School District, and then uh, and then went to the county school. So we are one of those counties that have two uh, school districts and have, they have two and we have two separate boards. And just to be honest with you, I've been around a long time and it seemed like the county board has always had stuff going on. <laughs> the uh, special school district board seems to they've, they've had their moments, but uh, overall, but I guess because it's a smaller district, uh, they, they, they don't seem to have as many of the uh, uh, issues going on that the county schools I have. But anyway, so welcome to the show. And uh, just one of you, I don't care which one, but one of you just kind of give us a highlight and a rundown of what exactly Williamson Strong is and, uh, uh, you know, kind of the goals and the mission of the of the organization. Um, yeah, sure. So Williamson Strong was formed in 2014, in the late summer of 2014, when a group of um, Williamson County parents were paying attention to what was going on with the school board race that August and a group of um, basically Tea Party candidates, kind of political extremists were running for the school board and not a lot of people were paying attention to it. Um, and a slate of them got elected on pretty, um, pretty partisan platform um, and then got onto our school board and started immediately just kind of disrupting the nature of the, the school board operations, um, just doing, focusing on topics like Common Core, um, you know, renaming the school calendar Christmas break instead of winter breaks. They wanted, you know, to put religion back into the school calendar. And so this group of parents just set up a Facebook page and started a blog to just be like, hey, you guys need to be paying attention and engaging because your schools are being kind of infiltrated by this partisan political platform. Um, and Crystal and I, I think, got in involved just following them at exa around exactly the same time as a lot of parents did in Williamson County and their, their following just grew rapidly. Um, we started showing up at meetings, just even knowing who our school board members was a huge deal because like my oldest daughter was in first grade. I had no idea what the school board did or who they were. Um, I was pretty clueless about it all. Um, and so they were pretty successful in just creating awareness and sharing information and following the news and just as that information source um, to all of us and asking us to get engaged. Um, and then, you know, over the course of the last few years, things have kind of gone in waves, peaks and waves. It was quiet for a while and then it wasn't quiet, but really keeping voters informed of the elections, of the positions of candidates in a very kind of nonpartisan way. Um, and now they, those parents are kind of not, you know, they're not aging out, but their kids are aging out of the system and they, you know, they're kind of moving on to other things. And so given the political environment that's kind of going on right now with our schools, um, we saw a need to kind of revive Williamson Strong because it, it hadn't gone completely dormant, but it had been relatively quiet for a while. And so I, I uh, talked Crystal into <laughs> picking up the reins and running with it. Um, and we then formed a pack this past July. Um, so we're running the social media pages and the website, and now we've formed a pack so that we can actually fundraise and support candidates in the local election next year. And, and the funny thing to me is um, one thing that really Williamson Strong opened my eyes to that the school board that was a concern to me is that they were doing things that weren't focused on the students or what the students needed. Um, they were turning it into this um, kind of culture war and not putting students first. And I think that's the same kind of thing we're seeing today. It's uh, back then it was, you know, Common Core and um, some Islamophobic 
uh, you know, they were anti-Islam and the history books and, um, you know, like Anne talked about the calendar and it's kind of the same things that are happening today. Um, and we just want to focus on putting students first and uh, giving them the world-class education that our students are, are expected to have here. And, you know, it's really, what you said is really kind of interesting to me because I, I think most of these parents uh, who are uh, you know, getting on the school board and they're coming at it with the political ideology, they're trying to, and, and to be quite honest, a, a particular view of Christianity as well, that they're trying to implement. Um, but yet at, in the classroom, they'd be the first ones that would stand up and say, we don't want our teachers to do anything but teach, reading, writing, and arithmetic, nothing mm -hmm. else. That's all we want. But then at the school board level, they're trying to, um, you know, they're trying to manipulate and, uh, uh, and just kind of present one narrow view of, um, of life without realizing that, you know, one of, one of the things about our country is since we do have freedom of thought and freedom of speech and freedom of, uh, of religion, that is to my benefit uh, to make sure um, that, um, you know, I, I'm part of a dominant religion as well as a dominant race, but to make sure that the people in the minority are heard and have their rights, because in doing so, I, it, it protects my rights. And if, if I'm pushing just my agenda, well, then at some point in history, when my agenda is no longer the dominant agenda, then I'm going to be the one, you know, that that is now oppressed. And so it, it's to everybody's benefit that we keep schools uh, open minded and not get um, and not get so strangled years ago. In fact, I think it was in while well, you ladies were talking, I think it was in the 90s. I was asked by the city school uh, to serve on a committee because they were trying to address the holidays and all of that. And, and I went in there kind of with my own, you know, my conservative upbringing that I had thinking, OK, uh, this is what, you know, don't 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 call it holiday break or winter break, call it, you know, Christmas. But, and one of the first meetings, a lady spoke up very, very kind, very, very gentle. And she was Jewish. And she talked about her own experience growing up in schools. And her and I, we, we didn't know each other, but we had attended some of the same elementary schools. And how back then in the public school system at, you know, leading up to Christmas, all schools had a Christmas play. And, um, and she and her family were, were practicing, um, you know, a practicing Jewish family. Uh, so they don't, they didn't celebrate Christmas, but every year she was asked to play Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, and goodness gracious, my, you know, it, it I can remember that vividly because it was like, I've never even thought about how insensitive that is that here. I mean, what, what would I do if, if the schools wanted my daughter to play a part of some type of religious festival that was not part of my religion? And I would, <laughs> I'd be upset. And here we, and absolutely, here, this has happened. And so just that one encounter really started to change my mind about, you know, about all those things. It's like, wow, I want to protect her religion because I want to protect my children. Um, who were in elementary school at the time uh, from being treated in the way that she was treated. And so when you said that you guys have formed a pack, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad about that, but to be honest with you, man, that is really sad uh, that now we have to have a political action committee to raise money uh, to endorse people uh, for the school board. And, uh, and that's because um, Williamson County has decided to be partisan, right? Can, can y'all talk about that? Uh, what's led us to this place where now we're partisan at the school board level? So I think 
I think this has been tried before. Um, there have been attempts to make school board races partisan before, and they are in other parts of the country. Um, and you know, I think we've done a really good job locally of agreeing that 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 is not a student first mentality. That injecting partisan politics as even part of the discussion as a school board race really complicates, you know, the separation um, of public schools and what your partisan politics should be. Um, and I think, you know, the last year has just seen this kind of national machine at work um, to really force, force the legislators to, to believe they have the support to make this partisan. Um, it is going to be, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for our public schools, not be good for our students, our teachers. It's just going to make things even harder than they already are to get really well-meaning, non-politically oriented candidates to step forward and serve on the school board, which is not a fun job. Um, as someone who did that for a few years, um, I can vouch it is not, there's no glory in being a school board member. Um, and there shouldn't be, like you should not be running for school board to make a name for yourself or- We want public servants, not politicians. Yes, yes. So why, yes, it's sad we formed a PAC. Um, I don't think any of us liked it, but what happened in 2014, and we've seen it in other degrees and in local elections since, is there's there's big money coming in to support candidates and big meaning in you know local race terms, um, but tens of thousands of dollars, you know, being poured into these local races. And if we don't have money supporting candidates who are public servant oriented and not, you know, don't have partisan political goals, um, money unfortunately helps them get their voice out, get heard, get the vote out. Um, so they need our support too. Um, we can try to not make it partisan, but the fact of the matter is it's going to be now. Yeah, and, and please understand, I, I think it's a good idea that you formed a a pack. It's just. No, I know what you meant. <laughs> I'm sad that, that we've come to that. You know, um, used to when it comes to a school board member, um, if you paid any attention at all, most people didn't. You know, and and I think in a lot of ways, a school board was like a referee in a sporting event. The less you knew about them, the less you knew they were there, the better. But you were, but you were, but you were counting on them to make sure you know, the policies were followed and the budget is set and all of that, but they were not to be a scene. You didn't really need to know who they were, but yet come election time, more than likely, you know, you, you would hear about the personal school board. Maybe you knew them through, through work or through a doctor's office or something. And you were just voting for people who you knew were just good, honest uh, people of integrity and, and what they believed about politics didn't really matter because it was focused just on the school. Now, unfortunately, what's going to happen is these people, whoever running for school board is going to have to be and show that they're legitimate um, Republicans or, or Democrats so that they can get, as you said, the money. Yeah. You know, that, the same thing's happened in Franklin with the aldermen, that it used to be nonpartisan and now it's becoming partisan. And, um, you know, there are aldermen elections we just got finished with. Uh, Every person who won spent more money than their than their candidates. And, and it's going to drive us to getting even more extreme candidates. Yes. I mean, just like the the pandemic has shown, um, we need school board um, members who are going to look at the data and they're going to discuss the issues and decide what's right for the kids, not what's popular or not what you know their party thinks is the right thing. And um, I'm afraid and we've already seen people, you know, telling our school members, hey, you know, you wanted masks and, uh, you know, that's not, you know, 
conservative enough for us. So we're going to find someone to run against you. That's the concern. It's going to drive more and more extreme candidates for us. Yeah, I think so. You're going to, you're going to have to have a checklist of what you believe and don't believe mm-hmm. um, yeah. on the political. And you're going to have people who their step into their first step into politics is going to be on the school board. And they're going to, they're going to go from the school board because they got eyes of being an alderman and then they got eyes of being a state representative instead of just a public servant. I, I care about my kids. I don't see any good coming out of uh, having to declare at the school board level uh, what your political affiliation is. And unfortunately, in our county, um, if if you if you're not a Republican, the chances of winning gets very, very, very difficult. So you can have a wonderful, excellent school board member who's an independent or or they declare as a Democrat. uh, But because they don't have that R by their name, um, you know, everything else goes out the window. And that's just unfortunate. So. Well, it's even more complicated than that, too, because now the local party gets to determine if you're Republican enough for them or if you're Democratic enough for them. And as we saw in 2018, when just, you know, this average Joe guy wanted to run for county commission because he wanted to be that public servant, um, he got booted off the ballot because the party decided he wasn't Republican enough, even though he'd voted Republican his entire voting life. Um, it's just a way for the local parties to handpick their chosen candidates and really decide who's going to represent the people, which I think is so anti-democratic. It makes me want to scream. Um, you know, anybody should be able to run for office. The party shouldn't be able to determine that you're qualified to run for office and represent them. So now we're going to be in this catch-22 situation where people are going to be worried if they declare as a Republican or Democrat because they're being forced to. They might not be qualified enough or bona fide enough. And so maybe they'll run as independent, but our voters gonna be educated enough to understand that's a good thing. Like you want an independent school board member. In this, you don't have to be independent as a whole, but like as when it comes to your school board work, it is possible to set aside partisan politics and not focus on that. It is possible to not bring that into your work. Um, And we need those people. Yeah, and that's how it should be. Again, the school board, education is the goal education that's that's the goal and that's what the focus should be not um you know not the political ideology that's going on and i I think part of it is you know now they will get people on the school board who have a particular view of of um of you know critical race theory uh, or a particular view about um um, you know uh, sexual identity and sports and and all of those things and so there's this, and so I'm afraid there's just this agenda that's going to be pushed, um, where our schools, which are some of the best in the country, um, are going to be are going to be damaged, uh, because, you know, because of this. So that's that's really, man. I, I, when I saw that coming, I I did what I could. I mean, I don't I don't didn't really know what to do, but it's like, man, I cannot believe that we're doing this. And Williamson County, for whatever reason, is on everybody's radar. I mean, because our school boards have been on the national news. And so, um, and so now this, you know, it's a move across the country to do this. And now people will look to us and say, well, they did it there. Let's do it here. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's going to get out of hand, unfortunately. And I, and I hate, I hate like anything to see that. Yeah, us too. Yeah, well, let's talk about, um, you know, I, again, I think part of this is issues like CRT. And, uh, and of course, we've had a move here locally about trying to ban books that I think is still part of that. Uh, trying to be anti-CRT, which makes no sense because the schools have said over and over and over and over again, we're not teaching critical race theory. 
uh, in our schools. They've said, they've said that over and over and over again. But talk about this, this what's happened here locally with this move to try to ban certain books and, and where is that right now? You wanna take that crystal or you want me to go? Um, yeah, it's just been, you know, we have this local group who's really rallied against um, what they claim is CRT. And um, I think a lot of the disconnect comes from the school says we're not teaching CRT because they're not, but they've co-opted that term to mean anything that they feel like makes their typically white children feel bad about being white or, or uncomfortable. Um, and so, you know, the even books like Ruby Bridges, her own book about Ruby Bridges Goes to School has uh, been a complaint of theirs. They're saying that that book makes their children feel bad about uh, who they are because they're, uh, the book tells about some some rough things that have happened in history. And um, it's, it's concerning to me as a parent of white children because I feel like they're missing an opportunity to really take these books and have this conversation with your kid. If your kid comes home and says, hey, this book made me sad, it made me uncomfortable. I think that's a great opportunity to have a discussion with them about, hey, these bad things happened but we learn from them and we do better. And this is the way we empower, you know, uh, you to come in and overcome these things. And I, I don't really think that it's about the children's discomfort. I think it's about the parents' discomfort in having those conversations. And um, it's, it's having an effect on our school. I think, you know, we're gonna talk about teacher retention later. Um, this is really something that is taking away from the issues that we should be working on. I mean, uh, it's, it's a, it's kind of a witch hunt. They are taking these lists of books that they uh, are around on the internet in these groups, like from Texas and other places that said, hey, this, you know, we find this book offensive. Um, and so we're having our librarians in our school being called saying, hey, do you have all these books? And they're looking through these great list of books just to find anything that they find um, that is offensive to them, either from, you know, a CRT perspective or a, a sexual identity perspective and it's really become a distraction from the issues that we really need to work on. I think what's also really important while this is all going on and distracting everybody, which is part of the goal, this is not about books. Like what's happening right now has literally zero to do about books. The founder, local founder of this group went on a national podcast and said that she was activated when she learned that Williamson County Schools had hired a diversity consultant and that that was her call to action to rally against what was happening in the public school districts because addressing diversity is a real thing or you know, anti-racism, like that's not a real thing. And so these groups, and it's nas very nationally coordinated. I mean, they have chapters everywhere um, all over the country now doing the exact same thing. It's the exact same playbook. They're just trying to find opportunities to activate parents. And the way you activate parents, it varies. Used to be about Muslim indoctrination, you know, Islamic indoctrination in our books. Well, now the playbook is, you know, it's this CRT, parental engagement, parental rights. It's just trying to find a way to get them to show up to the polls and think something is going badly in the schools. We need new people running the schools. So at the end of the day, right now, it's about taking out any books, anything that mentions any part of, you know, America's very challenging history around race and saying like, your kids are being damaged by learning about this because they think that that's what parents are going to care about. We are seeing that the backlash is definitely happening to that and parents are smarter than that. 
but there are a few that are capable of disruption and making noise and that's the risk. And that's why we are doing what we're doing is to show that actually that is a very vocal minority and everyone needs to just not lose their minds, be pragmatic, but do the right thing and be engaged and be educated about what the truth is yeah. and what's really happening in schools. And no teachers are not trying to make your kids feel bad about themselves. These are teachers. Like let's have some faith in our teachers and our yep. professional experts. And they like to try to say it's about age appropriate. And they claim that a lot of their complaints are about age appropriateness. And they think that children should be taught these things but at a later age. Um, but we believe that the experts are the best ones to decide what's age appropriate. There's been a lot of thought, a lot of research going into these reading curriculums by people who knew way more about teaching than, than you know, most parents do. And we believe that those people are the right ones to decide what is the best way to teach children to read, what is the best way to introduce these topics. And if those parents have a certain concern for their own own child, if there's like, you know, something that your child in particular is very sensitive to, that's okay. That's where you go to the teacher. You go to the teacher directly and say, I'm concerned about this. And Williamson County absolutely has a process for them to be uh, given a different book or being exempt from that particular topic. And that we support that, but they do not have the right to decide what the curriculum is going to be for all the students in Williamson County. We want the experts to decide what our children are reading, not these moms that have different belief systems than we do. And Kevin, that circles back to what you were saying at the beginning with your kind of awakening moment, right? With that, that fellow parent who was raised as Jewish. I mean, this group has formed their own pack where on their home, I mean, it's all over their website that they are supporting candidates who, you know, have their, what they call traditional Williamson County value systems that it says like, we will support candidates with Judeo-Christian values. Great. That's fine, that's your choice. However, to say that that's Williamson County's shared values to us has no place in public schools because half my children's friends are Hindu these days. There's Muslim students at our schools. Like, How can you say that school board candidates shouldn't represent every single student and their belief system and their background and special needs, whatever that might be, it is just, mind-boggling to me that people really think that that has a place in our public education system. Yeah, and again, I think that people who kind of come from my background, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for where I am now, but, you know, the, my upbringing was very, very strict, very, very conservative, um, both religiously and politically, and, um, but you had to come to the realization that by protecting other people's rights. That's really how I'm protecting my rights. I don't protect my rights by forcing my rights on everybody else. Yeah. You know, I, I protect my rights by making sure everybody's rights are protected uh, at, on the same level, uh, you know, that I, that, that I am. And uh, so I agree with you. And, and yeah, you know, like um, when my kids were in elementary school uh, in the Franklin Special School District, <clears throat> at the school they attended, they had to do this handwritten signs, but on all the key, on all the key places in the building from the principal's office to the cafeteria to the gymnasium uh, everything was written at that time in English Spanish and uh, Japanese mm -hmm. because there were so many students coming from those different cultures um, that you know you in, in order for them to know where they were going and where the restroom was they needed to see they needed to see it in their own language and I think also French is though because I remember it was four languages I don't know what they do today but that that was back when my kids were in elementary school. And I'm and I know that our culture <clears throat> our society has gotten more diverse as far as that. 
goes. Unfortunately, in our county, when it comes to African-American community, their numbers are declining in our, in our community. But the number of international students uh, that we have are, uh, you know, it, it's just really increasing. Well, my wife works, um, she's a, uh, an assistant teacher, a, para, a paraprofessional, that's what they call them, in, mm. uh, in, the city, in the city school district. And my family is educators. I come from a long line of, of, of people who taught in schools. My father actually put a teacher education program together at, at a college in Nashville. And so in Metro at one time, a lot of the teachers in the public school had gone through my, my father's uh, uh, program at, at that college. And, and so I have a high respect for teachers. And, um, but I'm telling you, based on, on my relationship with the teachers now, Teacher, it's the morale is at the lowest point I've ever seen it uh, among teachers, and um, and you know part of that is pay, which I know is what you, is something that you guys are after. But part of that also is is just this pressure they're feeling from everyone that if they say the wrong thing or if they teach the wrong thing, they're they're going to get in trouble. They're going to, you know, they might lose their job because maybe uh, they came across um, as uh, you know came across one way or another on some type of hot issue and they were just trying to follow the curriculum and teach and so I don't think people realize unless you have children unless you know teachers the kind of pressure they're under uh, but I know you guys have started a campaign about teacher retention and teacher pay that I think is extremely important I read somewhere and one of you may have put it on a tweet or something about a high number of teachers who were not coming back in January um, in, in our school and, and, and the void that that was going to leave. Plus, they cannot find substitute teachers. That's just almost an impossibility right now. But, but talk about what you guys are doing around the, the teacher support. Yeah, I think what's interesting for us and, you know, the other parents that have run Williamson Strong, um, they have said the same things to us. Teachers don't speak out for multiple reasons. They're very cautious about even coming to us anonymously through our Facebook page and saying things. I mean, you should, there is, it is just fear of saying, speaking badly of the district of their experience. Um, but like our society is not value teachers. Let's just be clear. Like we talk a big talk and say teachers are amazing because they are, and they have the most important job in our society because they do. Um, but when push comes to shove in the ways that matter, society doesn't pay them a living wage to form this critical function you know, and raising our future generations. Um, and they're, you know, the last, I think, year and a half, two years has, has broken them. I mean, they have always kind of gotten by and may do because of their love and passion for this. And they can't, it's not enough anymore. And they're coming forward. It, it's crazy to hear the stories that they're sharing, which before you never would have had them be comfortable sharing because they're like, they're desperate for people to hear them and to help them. And so that's why we, I mean, we've been saying it for years. We just, so funny, Crystal and I went back and found emails from years ago that we were writing to the school board and we've been pounding, pounding this drum forever, just saying our teachers aren't being paid enough. You know, Williamson County is built on the strength of our schools. That's why businesses come here. It's what the chamber advertises when it's trying to get these national headquarters to move here. It's why the real estate has been booming even through the worst dips. Um, but we're not paying our teachers as much as other counties are paying them. It's not even close. And so they're like, you know what? The kids are great here, but we've had enough. The parents are beating us up constantly over masks, over books. I'm going to get fired if I say the wrong word. And it's not enough for them anymore. And I don't blame them. 
And then teacher shortage too. I mean, we, we hear from people saying, Oh, you know, we have two teachers on maternity leave and they have no interim substitute. We're, we're trying to cover classes that aren't even ours because of the teacher shortage and the the schools are trying, they're trying their best to get um, replacements and substitutes, but it's just not, it's not happening. Well, what, what are some of the numbers? I mean, as far as teacher pay and, and, uh, or even what the, how long the average teacher has been teaching. If you have that, I don't know what you have, but um, basic numbers. Well, so I have the uh, new teacher starting salary for Williamson County is 40,150 a year. Um, we're in Davidson, it's 46,000 um, a year. And one thing we like to point out there is the the cost of living in Williamson County is, is insane. And, you know, like we have that medium home value of 750,000, even though that salary isn't hugely different from it's it's definitely lower than Davidson and Murray and and Rutherford and all the counties around us but um they can't afford to live here there's you know they're driving in we were hearing from teachers who you know not only um are they working themselves to death in this kind of climate they're driving from very far away they're having to pay for child care for their kids and it's it's a lot um let's see I had the average so after 10 years, a Williamson County teacher makes $48,450 a year, and a Davidson County teacher makes $56,485 a year, yeah. for example. I would assume those numbers are probably just your teacher with the undergraduate degree. If you have a uh, master's the, degree, yeah. you go up a little bit, yep. doctor so, a little bit. So I also have numbers for the av- the average teacher salary. So I guess this is just all of them together for 2021-2022. Uh, um, for Williamson County is 54,345. Okay. Yeah. Which good luck, you know, buying a house in Williamson County yeah. on that salary. So, and that's with 66% of them having a master's degree. So that's their pay with a master's degree. Yeah. yeah so think of the student loans, you know? Yeah. And so um, let, let's, let's reverse math this just a little bit. Uh, affordable housing is one of my passions um, mm-hmm. because we just have a lack of it in our County. And so, if the average teacher is making fifty-four thousand a year, um, that's what is that roughly um, four thousand, uh, maybe a little. Let's just keep it easy, four thousand a month, basically, right? Because four times twelve would be forty-eight thousand, so another six thousand. So let's let's say four. But to keep the math easy, let's say, um, well, four thousand a month to rent an apartment in the, in our county. Okay, you got to show three times the income. And so, you know, at 4,000 a month, that is what, maybe 1,200, you know, if you divided 4,000 by three, what would you get? Something like, I don't know, 12, maybe 1,300 a month. So, you know, a $1,300 a month apartment in Franklin is not going to get you a one bedroom. <laughs> you know, the average, the average one bedroom is 1,200. The average two bedroom is right at 1,400. The average three bedroom is pushing 2,000. And so not only can you not buy a house, but you can't rent an apartment in Franklin uh, on, on those wages, um, uh, you know, at all. And, and I, don't, I don't think people realize that. And that's, I don't think, pe- and so another, and for an educator to really make it in our county, it's gotta be a two, a two income household. You know, that's just, that's, just the real, that's just the reality of it. Well, and that's what's happening because <clears throat> The teacher shortage is really, it's coming from multiple angles right now. We're being hit on all fronts, but especially young teachers, right? The ones 
just new in their career, first five or 10 years of their career where they're not making much, um, they can't afford to live here. So they're living in Nashville or Murfreesboro, driving in, spending half their time in the car, usually working second jobs too. But when those counties pay them more, why would they drive here to work when they can just stay where they live and can afford to live a little bit more comfortably and get paid more? The math is just clear cut. Yeah, it, it, and it's maddening that people don't don't see this. In, in Williamson County, um, the, a livable wage is 30, I think now close to $32 an hour um, is what you have to make um, as a one income family of four. Uh, and that, and by livable wage, they mean this is what you need where you can, you know, rent a house or you can uh, maybe afford to buy a house eventually, but you don't need any help from family or government or anything else. But then if, if it's a two income family, the livable wage goes up by two or $3 an hour. Uh, because, so it costs more money for two income families to operate because now you have childcare, you have all these other issues. And I haven't done the math, but I'd be pretty sure that uh, 54,000 um, does not, is not um, $32 an hour. Well, to make that even worse, our food services uh, people are paid eleven ninety one an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, our mm-hmm. teachers' assistants thirteen twenty six an hour. You can make more at you know just about anywhere. Um, yeah, I heard five so, guys was hiring at twenty two dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband is now volunteering in our middle school cafeteria, and he loves it because they're desperate. But he thinks it's the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so all these dads are standing to talk about because so many people are working from home now and there's just so much more flexibility. Like, why don't we form this dad's group that goes and be cafeteria workers? And Fantastic. part of me is like, that's great. And the other part of me is just like, this is insane that it has come to this, that we can't pay a living wage to staff our schools. We like, can we just take a step back and talk about that? Like, how are we not able to afford our public schools when that's why Williamson County's economy is thriving? Yes. And I think it's been a while since I read this number, but I think as a state, Tennessee is near the bottom of uh, uh, how much they they spend per student uh, in the public schools. I think it's 44th in the nation. You know, we've got a huge state surplus, uh, but none of it's going to our schools. That's for sure. Yeah. And the president administration would rather have vouchers. So to pull even more money out of the public school into uh, and put it into private schools. That's really the end game for all of this. Yeah, we believe. Yeah, it it really is the it, the uh, that's a that's a whole other issue to talk about that. But yeah. what are you guys doing uh, as far as um uh, this teacher retention with these? I've seen some yard signs and uh, other things. I mean, where can people get that, or how can they get involved if they if they want to try to help change things with these teachers? Well, beyond, I mean, yard signs and bumper stickers are, are nice, um, but the most important thing people need to be doing is emailing their school board members and county commissioners and our state representatives, um, you know, the Jack Johnson and Glenn Casadas of the world, um, because they're the ones that can fix this. Um, our school board and county commission certainly can. The county commission approves the budget. They have to hear from people that they're no longer okay with this. Um, that is the number one thing that needs to happen. Um, if they want a yard sign or a car magnet, there's a link on our um, Facebook page to, to order those. And that's great as a public, that helps build awareness with other parents and community members that there's an issue to pay attention to. So that's why we did it. Um, but they've got to use their kind of civic, civic duty voice and be emailing their officials who make these decisions. Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good word. I mean, I, people have got to get involved whether they want to or not. 
some for some people it might be serving on the school board or or going somewhere and protesting with a sign or but the, the very least just contacting your uh your commissioner county commissioner is a good place to start and then work just work work it up from there from the chain we have some good representatives i can you know but we have we have some that aren't so good but but they all still need to they all still need to hear from us and uh uh you know because this education what what you guys are doing is extremely important i'm in, i'm involved in a lot of issues uh, but there's no issue more important really than the education of our children and uh you know when my kids were in school i, I probably paid a little bit more attention than i do now uh, from that and that's shame on me you know after some of those uh, uh crazy board meetings um that that we all saw it was like oh man i've, I've got to find some energy and find some uh, time to really start paying close attention to this because before you know it you know it, it could be taken away uh from us and i think you know i'm, I'm working on some other talks i want to give about this but part of this is religion and nature uh, there's a move within conservative Christianity, evangelicalism, uh, where people from the pulpits are being encouraged to run for school boards and to get involved in some of these uh, more radical uh, groups with this idea to, to um, you know, spread Christianity by force, really, throughout, um, throughout the public sphere. And I'm all for spreading Christianity, but, it, but Jesus never said by force. <laughs> you know, it's by service, it's by love. Uh, yeah. it's by listening all, your neighbor, it's by all of them yeah it's by all your neighbors <laughs> yeah it's by humanitarian efforts yeah uh, it is not you know you, you got to come in here and do uh, and you got to believe my way you know christianity rejects any type of theocracy and sometimes i think okay people aren't seeing that anymore that if you have a theocracy that means somebody's being oppressed um and uh, but yeah that's what i see happening and it, and it breaks my heart again knowing where i came from and seeing that and it's like why are you guys why is no one else you know seeing this that this is a planned thing uh to infiltrate school boards and local city elections um i think more than i've ever seen before in my life and uh, and if we don't wake up and pay attention to it um you know we're, we're going to look back on our country and think what in the world happened you know, where, where did it go wrong? And it went wrong because people just quit paying attention. Um, yeah. And I think that's normal, right. To not be paying attention, like, especially as parents of school-aged children, <clears throat> we are so busy. Like, I think especially this is like the worst week of the year for every school-aged parent is just, we're, we're tired. The teachers are tired. Like everyone's done and it's easy to tune out. Um, but that's how these things happen. And you're right. It feels like we're at a pivotal point and it's not even enough right now. Like if you are paying attention, great. But that's not enough. Like you have to make sure everybody else that you know is paying attention and engaged because that is the only way for us to actually have the majority voice heard. And that majority voice is again, we're rational, pragmatic people that just want to focus on our kids and their schools and their teachers. Um, but they have to get their neighbors and their friends to show up. Yeah, that's that's good. Well, tell us again how they can get a hold of you guys. Uh, you mentioned your Facebook page, Williamson Strong, but is, is there a website or Twitter or a tweet, a tweet they can follow or those kind of things? Yep, all of the above. We're on williamsonstrong.org. Um, there's a donate button on there if you want to contribute to our PAC, which 100% of those funds are going to go to local candidate campaigns. And by local, we literally mean Williamson County campaigns. 
Um, and then we're also on Twitter. So we, we, we live tweet a lot of the school board meetings, not all of them, but we try to do most again, busy parents. It's the two of us, despite what people think it's literally just the two of us doing this. So we try to cover those, um, but yeah, Facebook and Twitter and the website is a good source of information. Well, mainly. What's, Facebook. Your, what's your Twitter handle? Oh my gosh. It's so hard. It's just... <laughs> We're we sure they could do Williams and Strong, but I don't know if it's. You can uh, hold on. It's something weird. Do you have it handy? I'm looking. I always say it wrong. It's like S T. It's Williamson S T R G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At Williamson S T R G, and do follow mm -hmm. that. I, I follow that. That's how I've learned some of the uh, some of the things. That's why I reached out to you because I thought mm -hmm. you, oh, yeah. you tweeted something about the teacher retention and uh, um and this uh, well just that whole idea that come january some teachers are going to quit over the christmas break they are. They're or take us. early retirement um because they've just they've just had enough is uh that, that's heartbreaking to me because i know that this is extremely so so important so well thank you so much for your time um i appreciate it i appreciate the work you're doing it's tough uh and you know unfortunately it's tough because you guys, um, you know, you're, you're kind of doing it out there on your own. And then pretty soon you're going to have some political machinery behind yep. it that you're going up against. And, uh, um, and, the, and it just keep, keep it up. Don't quit. Don't, don't stop. We, we need your voice. I need that. I need to see that short tweet that tells me what's going on. So I, so I, I don't have to attend a board meeting, you know, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I know. So thank you for attending the board meetings for me. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I can kind of follow along and then see, uh, see what I can do and get, uh, and get, uh, get more involved. So all of us need to get more involved, find some time, everybody to, to get involved and to write letters and to send emails and, and to attend meetings, or at least watch them uh, on online, you know, every once in a while I'll have the, the, uh, a board meeting on my iPad and down real low. I'm watching television, but I'm trying just to follow along to see, okay, what's, what's coming up? What's, what's, what do I need to get involved in? I mean, if it's budget and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, that's it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then it, when they start talking about the curriculum and wit and wisdom and banning books and then it's like, okay, we got to turn this up. I got to, I got to stay on top of what's going on. So I appreciate what you do. Thank you. We appreciate right, you having you. us. All right. Yeah, thanks for having us. Bye. The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin. Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler podcast network. The Tennessee Holler provides relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at www.tnholler.com. All right. It is good to be back with you on today's episode of Floods of Justice. I got two incredible guests, Crystal Freeman and Ann McGraw. They are co-leaders of an organization in Franklin, Tennessee, Williamson County, called Williamson Strong. Their focus is on our school systems, of keeping us up to date with what's going on uh, at the board meetings and things that parents should know. And, you know, one of the things going on across our country is is these um, uh, people trying to get on school boards, a move to put extremely conservative people on school boards with an agenda that goes beyond just educating our children. 
And so I appreciate them uh, stepping out and uh, leading this organization. Uh, although this is about our own local schools, I think it's applicable to people who may be listening to this across the country and uh, just to pay attention to what's going on on your own school boards. We're going to talk about teacher shortages, teacher pay, uh, banned books, CRT, um, and uh, in our own county, there's been a move where now school board elections will be partisan, where people have to declare if they're Republican, Democrat, or Independent. An extremely bad, bad idea. So welcome Crystal Freeman and Ann McGraw to Floods of, Ju of Justice. Enjoy the show. 